my name is David Shire, and this is how it's going so far. The number one podcast on iTunes. Once again, please don't look up that fact. One of these days it will be true, but not today, because I still have to work on uh, work on consistency issues mostly. Anyway, I am back after a long break. Last time we talked about the ultimatum, and I finally came back because, you know what, I had so many thoughts about the ultimatum that I just had to continue to share. I had to mull it over in my brain for a couple of weeks. Um, not true, though. <laughs> Honestly, uh, the reason why it's taken me so long is that uh, a couple of uh, things happened. Uh, one, I got very, very sick. Um, the last episode of The Ultimatum that we did, um, I actually was very congested. I think you can kind of tell in the podcast that I was like very sick. I think that what ended up happening is that my nostrils like were so inflamed and had so much junk inside of them that one day I, I woke up and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> and so um, I, I, and I've never experienced this before where you're like so sick and so full of mucus in your nose that you literally cannot breathe through it. And my throat was like very like like dry and I couldn't, I was like, <gasps> like just struggling and struggling to breathe. So I finally go to the restroom and I do something that I'd never, I'd never done before, uh, or at least not to this extent It's basically, I just, I just close my mouth and I like grab my ears and I blow through my nose as hard as humanly possible. And the amount of gunk that came out of my system was unmeasurable. So needless to say, I took a bit of a break after that. I was, uh, and I've never, I've never taken so many great breaths in my entire life. Like throughout the rest of the day, when I, after I did that, like when my nose was clear, I was just, every single time I took a deep breath through my nose, it was like the greatest feeling in the world. So in some ways I would recommend it. It's almost therapeutic. Like just like get as congested as you possibly can just so you can blow it all out. <laughs> and, then, and then like have like this weird like uh, healing process because every single breath just feels so much better. It's almost like the spiritual awakening. But in other words, it, like it, it knocked me out for a bit. And then this last weekend, uh, this last week, I ended up going on a cruise trip with my cousin. Uh, we ended up going to Alaska for seven days. I know, right? Like this whole thing in the pandemic really all kind of kicked off with people eating bats and then cruise ships not being able to dock. And I, my stupid head decides that I need to go ahead and book a cruise ship. Uh, actually, it was a gift from a grandmother and I'm very grateful. I'm very thankful because honestly, it was the best time of my life. I've had such a good time. I'm having a bit of a hard time readjusting coming back into my regular life. Like it's been, it's been, I've been working now for about two days and it's been very difficult. Like after you get like that vacation high, uh, coming back to kind of this stressful job has been kind of tough. And I've even like debated whether or not I was even going to record a podcast this week. But I think the reason why I wanted to come back and just put something out there in, in the first place is because I know that if I'm not, then I'm just going to let this podcast die again for a while. And I don't want to do that. You know, like I want to try to be more consistent with this, even if, you know, I'm, I'm totally not. Like I want to at least get one episode out per month and say that I at least had an episode out per month. But anyway, so that being said, I'm still going to try to keep, keep getting you guys more content and try to uh, work the algorithm a bit better. Because right now we're going to be talking about The Ultimatum. And uh, that show has been dead for about a week, <laughs> I feel. Uh, you know, like this is the thing. Uh, Netflix is an interesting model, business model. And I've been watching a lot of videos about it where Netflix is really struggling right now with subscribers leaving the platform. And the reason why that is, is, well, uh, num numerous reasons. Number one, Netflix once again raised their prices because uh, Netflix has this uh, ability to spend money off the wazoo trying to get like an Oscar winner and they still consistently fail year after year <laughs> through the Academy. Um, and it's very it's very interesting. So they, they raised their prices and then that kind of started this drop in Netflix subscribers. We also saw that uh, one of the videos that I watched uh, specifically talking about this was actually a video by the YouTuber of Captain Midnight talking about how Netflix actually has this really big struggle of creating their own content that lasts. Um, one of the biggest shows that have come out in the last couple years would uh, has come out from HBO, and it's a show that I know a lot of people have heard of called Succession. And part of the reason why I believe, uh, or why it was argued in the video why Succession was so successful is because Succession, you know, has a pretty standard TV format. You know, it takes time to build uh, to build up Succession. They they have seasons each each week. A new episode releases during those seasons, and word of mouth starts buzzing around the show, and it becomes a mega mega super awesome hit. 
Um, the last show that I think was that was super successful with Netflix and its model, and probably its most successful show that I can think of that came strictly from Netflix, is actually the show um, Stranger Things. Now, Stranger Things came out, um, and it was a major success. Everybody had to watch it. Everybody binged it super quickly. And subsequently, though, in further seasons, we see a bit of a dip, right? Every time a Stranger Things comes out with a new season, uh, there'll be this big there'll be this big arc that comes up uh, of everybody talking about Stranger Things. And then after about a week or so, you see just the line completely die out. Whereas if you look at other shows, like let's take Breaking Bad, for example, when Breaking Bad first came out, I, I remember hearing about it like uh, in high school. And I remember it being like this kind of interesting show starring Brian Cranston, the guy from like Malcolm in the Middle, like this comedic guy that I loved watching growing up. But I was like, no, nah, this is a serious role. What? And uh, I remember hearing about the show I remember hearing the premise and thinking oh that seems kind of odd like why is this going on but as as time progressed it became the biggest show on on the planet and eventually it went to Netflix and then people binged it on Netflix and that's where Netflix was really found its success with its success with these binging shows but Netflix has this issue of creating their own shows that are built to last and I think that that's kind of this major issue that Netflix is going to be facing and I don't really know what the solution is does Netflix switch back to a system where they release a new TV show that has a lot of buzz and they release it week after week and let the show kind of grow naturally on its own I don't think so. I don't think that Netflix can go back to that system. But at the same time, like if they cannot create their own content that really makes the subscribers want to stick around, then they're not going to succeed. And really, we're seeing kind of this weird streaming thing where streaming is becoming like cable packages again. <laughs> and it's like we can't... Uh, we can't hold on to people's attention, so we have to like kind of release these shows weekly, and their and binge culture might even like start slowly dying out. Um, as far as as far as like new shows that come out, I think that we're always going to have people that like you know that will wait for a show season to completely wrap up and then just binge the season in one day, you know, because like honestly, it's very convenient. Like uh, it's it's nice. Uh, I was watching Moonlight week to week, and there's parts where like I was just like, you know, it would be really nice if I could just skip to the end and just like watch them all all in one session. But I think what Disney and what HBO are doing, especially Disney with the Mandalorian and like you know making that controversial decision to kind of do it episode by episode, week by week, I think what it does is it creates longevity in their product and it creates more reasons to stick around. Like I still haven't unsubscribed from Disney uh, Plus and there's not really a reason why I would, you know, (laughs) because I know there's new things coming out and I know that I have to keep on being subscribed in order to get those things, you know? And so that's kind of my thoughts on this kind of whole like Netflix thing. I just kind of wanted to talk talk about it briefly as we talk about a show that is currently probably not being talked about as much in The Ultimatum. Now, The Ultimatum, the reason why I want to talk about this show again and the reason why I needed to do a part two on the show is that after watching episode one, I had a lot of good thoughts about a lot of these people. You know, I really loved Colby specifically. Actually, the whole reason I'm doing this podcast is I want to talk about Colby and his horrible, horrible, no good, awful arc <laughs> that ended up preceding episode one. And honestly, it, it it really it really made me think about a few things a little bit differently that went on in the first couple episodes. So when after I watched uh, the first episode, I ended up binging the entire rest of the season. A couple weeks passed and or I think a week passed and then the newest the finale aired and um, and then another week passed and my grandma came to town and we ended up binging like with me, my mom and my grandma. We ended up binging like the season again. Like I ended up watching it like twice just so I can have like full encapsulation, like fully immersed in the ultimatum and give like a really deep dive into what my thoughts are. So going into episode two, uh, you basically honestly, episode two is probably the episode you could skip. It's like this. It's basically more of the same as episode one. There's a lot of flirting. Uh, there's a little bit of buildup, which is important, I guess, uh, especially with uh, Colby and uh, who was it? Was it April or was it? Hold on. I'm going to do a quick look up here because clearly my editing skills are going to be able to pull me through this day. I know the guy's name was late. Lauren. That's who it was. Lauren and Nate. All right. So 
Uh, let's talk about Lauren a little bit. So Lauren is a woman um, who was dating this guy Nate, um, who still is currently dating this guy Nate. We should we should like assume the best. I haven't looked up into them in quite some time, but uh, Lauren is dating this guy Nate, and the main issue that they've discussed in episode one is that uh, Lauren doesn't want to have any kids, and this is a pretty big issue. Like as far as like getting married, like if you don't want kids, that's perfectly fine, right? Like there shouldn't be a prerequisite prerequisite to marriage of having kids like if you don't want if you feel like you're not the kind of person who will ever want kids then don't have kids right like yeah like i think it'd be worse if you had a kid that knew that you didn't want them versus like you know having a kid just for the sake of the marriage you know and so but nate's very pushy and nate's also very flirtatious with a lot of different women women he, he's very flir- flirtatious with shaniqua and april especially with, with well with shaniqua especially he he like does this thing that i was noticing where he he like like he does he does a lot of padding and a lot of like uh hand motions like he like ends up touching uh Shay's knee a lot during a lot of their conversations and it's clear that he kind of wants to spice things up a little bit and it's clear that he is actually super into this idea even though he's the one issuing the ultimatum and um and Lauren just isn't really uh you know, Lauren just really doesn't doesn't want to have kids, you know, and but unfortunately, she has this conversation with Colby, and Colby seems to have this idea that he can convince Lauren that he can have that she can have children, and honestly, Lauren is very receptive to it, you know, like after one conversation with Colby, where they both talk about it, and they both talk about how how she's feeling, and how maybe that her bigger fear is that she would have to raise the kid alone without Nate, because Nate is a like hardworking guy. Um, you see that uh, she is a little bit more open to it, maybe. But then again, you have to kind of remind yourself that this is a TV show. Lauren just met Colby and, you know, she thinks he's kind of hot. And so maybe she's just telling him what he wants to hear. And Colby clearly wants to hear that. Oh, yeah, like I'm the guy that's going to convince this girl that doesn't want to have kids that I, I'm the savior. You know, like I'm going to be the savior of this relationship. And that's kind of troubling, you know, <laughs> thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking that like Colby has like this amount of confidence that think he's that makes him think that he has like total control and puppetry over all these relationships. Um, we also see a lot more with uh, Shanique and Randall. And their flirtatiousness. Um, Randall, I think, overall, out of all the guys that comes through this show, is maybe my favorite in terms of just, like, how he handled himself overall. Like, I think that there's not really a moment where I'm like, yeah, I really I really hate Randall. Well, I, mean, there's a, <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of moments where you hate everybody in this show, and Randall's included in that. There's, like, one fight between him and Shaniqua later on where he doesn't look particularly great, uh, but neither does Shaniqua. Uh, uh, Shanique. Nah, Shanique, yeah. And so, and so, yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a total mess, but I think that Randall, um, very much so throughout the show, very handles himself very well and uh, is a kind of guy that I would like genuinely want to hang out with outside of the show. Like he seems like very chill and very like down to earth and it would be very cool to hang out with him. And so like even though him and Madeline like in the second episode are very flirtatious with each other, we kind of find out throughout the entire show that he makes out with Madeline maybe like one or two times, which is honestly not that big of a deal. (laughs) And so... (laughs) in terms of like this show in particular and so and so ultimately randall uh comes off um so ultimately i don't really have a big issue with randall and his relationship with um with marilyn throughout uh marilyn gets very flirtatious with him and like very clearly like um or madeline sorry i see marilyn madeline comes off very flirtatious with him and i think what madeline what's interesting about madeline is she's like very flip-floppy about her feelings there's moments where it feels like she's completely in love with Colby, her original coupling, and she's, like, totally dedicated to that. But then there's, like, moments where she's, like, very much against it, and you can kind of tell that, like, part of the issue is that she has, like, been dating Colby for so, so long that she's, like, just looking for any excitement outside of her relationship with Colby. And it's very interesting, like, when she gets that and then how she kind of regresses. Like, because, like, in the first couple episodes, she's, like, going all out. And then as soon as she's like done going all out and realizing that she really does like uh, Colby and they do share like a special physical connection that she hasn't shared with anybody else. That's when she kind of starts regressing back into her relationship. And it's very interesting. Like it's it. The show more than anything else, like proves to me how terrible um, a long term relationship can be like just on a human being. Like it makes me this show makes me more afraid of commitment. Now, I still want to find a life partner and I still want to like 
become like best friends and like, you know, get married down the line. But this show is a very clear advertisement on not doing that. So I don't know how to feel about the show. And the show like constantly preaches that, oh, yeah, no, this is all about like finding your true love and getting the facts straight. Blah. But it's not really it's not really the way it goes about it is maybe the most backwards way I've ever seen. All right. So we're just going to go ahead and skip along because I don't want to spend too much time uh, talking about the show. Uh, I've already spent one hour podcast and a lot of my thoughts are there. Um, there's a couple other couples too. Alexis and Hunter, I think, are the only other couple I really want to dive deep into. And oh, I mean, gosh, there's so many couples. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to keep this under an hour. So let's see. We'll start with Alexis and Hunter. Alexis is the person that's trying, that feels like the most rejected in the show. And it would have been very fun to see what would have happened if things that didn't happen in the show had uh, uh, happen like if Alexis had to like continue on with the show we'll talk about that in a bit but it seems like Alexis was the kind of person that was like very maybe the most kind of shallow I don't know I don't know how to describe Alexis because in some ways Alexis is like the best person because she's very much she's very great television she just doesn't know how to not speak her mind and it's very at the end of the episode you're just like yes queen slay because she initially goes up to Colby and she's like hey Colby I like you and then Colby's like uh, I'm not really into that and then she's like you know what Colby never mind I hate you she goes up to Madeline and after Colby rejects her and basically tells Madeline I don't know how you deal with this man but he he is a slob and I you should you deserve better Madeline like whoa <laughs> what's going on like Alexis is just like this ball of fire and Hunter is so funny too because he's like the exact opposite uh one thing that I maybe mentioned in the last episode I don't know I don't go back and listen to these things is that there's this this funny little segment where um they're doing like a montage of dates and how they're going and there's this one particular point with Hunter where he's like Alex or um who was it um that wasn't Lex. April was asking him a question. It's like, hey, hey, Hunter, do you have a wild side? And Hunter's like, um, yeah, <laughs> I read sci-fi books. <laughs> I was like, so Hunter has like the personality of uh, plain white bread and Alexis is like a burning fire and together they make toast. That's what they do. <laughs> and so so their relationship's very funny. Alexis, like very much, can you could feel by the end of the uh, second episode that she's just going to have a really terrible time. And then Hunter ends up doing something that we'll ta- discuss in a little bit. Uh, we also see April and Jake. Now, April and Jake, um, I think I talked about this a little bit in the first episode, but they're the couple that I felt would have been fine if they had not gone on the show. Like, if April really didn't push Jake to be on the show, I think they'd still be a couple to this day. Uh, the problem is, is that April decided to put her hands in and her faith in Nick and Vanessa Lachey, the reality tv breakup gods and that that faith was swiftly rewarded with maybe one of the most humiliating things i've ever seen and some of the like like a lot of dirty laundry being flown out like uh it's it's not pretty jake ends up falling in pretty hard core for this girl ray uh and you almost think that ray is almost this producer plant based on like or maybe even jake's a producer plant where like they get along so well like ray and jake honestly are like the cutest couple in the show and it's very weird watching them because in a lot of ways you're like wow this couple's really cute like you're you're really invested in their love story you're really invested in what they're getting along with uh, both of them i think came from from uh half afro uh families you know they connect on that level they connect on like being very close to their close to their families especially their mothers and they just both come off as very sweet people when they're together but then you remember in the back of your mind oh yeah that, that's right they're they're kind of sort of cheating on their partners so am i supposed to be rooting for this relationship i don't really know and i, I was like watching every episode with this conflicting uh this conflection and i i just have to share it. i have to get it off my chest and like this is my therapy session from <laughs> like this podcast right now is my therapy session from the ultimatum that i've been putting off for the last couple of weeks just trying to process all my emotions and so so Jake and Ray are getting along great. And April is um, is, I think, honestly, I, 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 I'm I have a little bit of biasy towards April because in a lot of ways, April is like the worst. <laughs> in a lot of ways, April does have like a really bad tendencies in relationships. But I think that out of all the women on the show, I'm not going to lie. I'm the most attracted to April. Uh, it could be the fact that she is a short Filipina and I um, and I'm also half Filipino. And so there's there's a lot of leeway I give to April. But then there are moments like later down the road where I'm just like, April, 
honey, like, don't, like, don't, don't be, don't be April right now. Like, just be like a nice, normal human being. Because if you, if you just tone it down a little bit, I think that Jake would still be into you as, uh, as much as you're into him, or at least, or at least as much as you're projecting that you're into him. And so, a lot of mixed feelings about everybody on the show, but I still, I still really do like April. There's still a lot of great moments in the first couple episodes, especially with April, where she comes off great. And, um, and I think one of these moments where she comes off great and Jake comes off like a complete ass is that there's this really big fight between her and Jake uh, the final night before the pairing. And Jake basically lays it out where he's like, you know what, you're just you suffocate me like and it's never about what I want. It's always about what you want. And I think, again, the strength of this show in particular uh, and the reason why I think it is one of the messiest shows uh there's like a number of reasons why it's the messiest show, but I think what makes it really compelling and why it's very fun to watch or not fun to watch, but it's very interesting to watch is that you do get the sense that these people have been in these long-term relationships. You do get the sense that like when Jake and April say that they're, they have been in this two year relationship, you can feel it in this argument. Like the things that they're talking about in this argument are just so, so real, you know, like I've had discussions a little bit with like uh, past girlfriends being like, yeah, you know, like there's times where I just don't feel like you listen to me. And it's just it. And Jake is like, you know, drunk out of his mind too <laughs> during this conversation. But it just it feels more visceral and it feels it feels like a genuine attack. And you can tell that it genuinely hurts April. And it makes it very compelling, but also kind of makes you feel a bit uncomfortable. You know, like there's many times throughout the show where I had to question myself, like whether or not I was participating in something good. Like, and that's, I've never had that feeling in a reality show ever. You know, like if you watch a show like Survivor or like Big Brother, you're like, oh, this is just like a game. You know, like it's fun to watch people play a game. It's like watching sports, right? But as I was watching this show, there's a couple times where I was like, what, what am I watching this for? You know, am I just watching a train wreck and feeling like gross about it? Like, am I participating in watching this couple ruin their lives and subsequent couples coming in and doing the same thing and ruining their lives? You know, like, is that and I'm putting these people through like emotional turmoil by supporting this. And ultimately, uh, what would end up happening is I'd start feeling these feelings and then the next episode would start. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I had no time to really compile it down. And that's another reason why I, I had issues like uh, even like producing this episode because there's like there's things where I just felt genuinely uncomfortable and I don't I don't really know how I'm going to approach talking about them but I guess for me like, what's helping me right now is that I've it's been a couple weeks since I watched the show I haven't taken any notes this is all coming off the cuff of my ha- cuff of my hands so whatever I say I can always say that you know what maybe I said this one thing that was kind of wrong but no, I didn't watch the episode in the last couple weeks anyway so <laughs> who cares you know but Moving on, I think that um, last couple we'll talk about, Shay and Ray. Yeah, was it Shay? No, Zay. Sorry. Zay and Ray. um, They are the couple that clearly don't work all that much. And they're the couple that are probably the most uncomfortable to talk about in terms of like, because like, I don't want to like review these couples, but like, I think they're the worst in terms of like chemistry and in terms, not in terms of chemistry, but like in terms of like, these people really needed to break up before the show and things that happened on the show get pretty bad. There's like a moment where Ray and Zay have this fight where Ray, where Zay comes back home, like super drunk and like they, and they, she ends up wanting to leave and, and Zay's like, no, you know, just stay, stay. And Ray's like, no, I want to leave. And she ends up punching him. And it just felt like, again, it felt like a moment where I was like very uncomfortable watching and I don't know, I don't know how to feel about it. And I don't really know how to talk about things like that. Cause I've never had an issue with that. Like I've had, I've had uh, some other family members like have issues with kind of um, DV or um, sorry, trigger warning, but uh, domestic violence. And it just feels like it felt like things were kind of getting really out of hand. And there's like a lot of moments where Zay especially is just very non not listening to Ray and things kind of escalate. And it's just it's very uncomfortable to watch. But I think that's kind of what helps like her relationship with Jake Moore shine a little bit more in the show. So it's like, again, like, again, talking about this, it's very weird. It's like it feels very exploitative. (laughs) And it's it's definitely the most messy uh, of the relationships. Uh, Or It's one of the most messy. There's like, I don't know, like there's like all these people are just awful. I think I heard it best described in a YouTube comment. I was watching Bachelor Fan Takes video about uh, about the ultimatum. He did one where he's like, is the show even worth watching? Is it messy? 
this or is it like is it uh, something more? And uh, I, one of the comments read, it said, I would consider this show half successful. Uh, they found six couples that desperately needed a breakup. And they're able to break up three of them. <laughs> and to me, that perfectly encapsulates the show. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about the choice, because I think this is the biggest point of the show. Like, this is the climax of the show. And this is the reason why I believe the show is is known as a messy masterpiece, because the, the things that happen during episode three are completely ridiculous. And I think that were not intentional. So episode three happens, and or episode two happens, and they start, they start I believe... They start it by, um, they end the episode with them making the choice. So as soon as they start dating the other couples, they end up going into a, they end up going, they, all the couples end up meeting back together in a room with Vanessa and Nick Lachey. And they're all, they all have to stand up in front of their partner and then say who they want to live with for the next three weeks. So first off, very brutal, <laughs> like a very brutal, brutal tactic for the show. And it raises a lot of questions right away in my mind, right? So like number one being like, okay, so they pick somebody, right? And like the first couple go really well. Like they start with like Jake and Ray, clear home run. Jake picks Ray and he has, and you see April just like shrivel up and die inside. And then Ray picks up, uh, picks Jake and you see Zay getting all pissed about that. And, and, and that's how it goes. Like, right. So you pick your person and then hopefully I guess they pick you back and then you get together. But like my first thought was like, okay, well what happened? Like, and this was not a scenario that actually happened in the show, but like what happened if Jake picked like Ray and then Ray was like, Oh, that's cute. I picked Colby instead. You know, <laughs> like I, there's like a lot of these weird rule things where I was just like, this is going to be kind of messy. Like, I don't know how this is going to work out exactly. Do they tell the producers beforehand who they're going to pick? And then the producers are like, yeah, that's a good pick or no, that's not a good pick. So anyway, this process continues. Um, uh, what's really funny is that um, uh, Shay or Sh- Shanique ends up uh, having her choice, and she and you can tell that uh, that Nate is like really excited for Sh- uh, Shanique's choice because he thinks it's going to be him. Like, how could it not be? You know. But she ends up choosing Zay because the two of them have bonded. And Zay, like I, I was talking bad about him, but there are some like moments where Zay is like a very fun, charismatic guy. Um, it's just kind of tough, you know, like, and so she ends up picking Zay and Nate just looks so visibly upset. <laughs> like it, He's just like, he loses his mind, you know, <laughs> you just tell like in the inside, he's like, what the heck? You know, like she was my first number one choice, which brings the question, why did they choose this weird method of, uh, of, uh, choosing people other than to like completely torture the, uh, the couples, you know, <laughs> you know, this is like, this is honestly, like I've described it. This is like hell on earth, you know, like I would never want to be in this room with my significant other and and have this be done to me but you know like it 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 gets even better because then because then we meet april and april ends up being like nate's you know second choice you know like okay well (laughs) i lost shanique but you know april's gonna pick me so no big deal right and april's like you know what i had this really great conversation with hunter and hunter uh to his credit after jake and uh april had this big fight hunter came up to april and he gave her a really nice like pep talk and you could tell that hunter's actually a really nice guy bit of a nobody a bit of a um not very interesting television person, but you can tell that he's genuinely a nice person, right? And he ends up coming up to April and talking to uh, talking to her after the uh, the incident with Jake, where they had a big blow up fight. He ends up telling her that you know what, she's stronger than she knows, and it's a very sweet moment. And because of this, April ends up choosing Hunter over Nate. Nate again is human about this in confessional, but then Hunter does what I would only consider the proest the proest gamer move and that he's like you know what f this show i'm gonna propose to my girlfriend alexis and boom game is changed forever (laughs) i feel like i feel like what hunter does in this moment completely derails the show like i don't like you could see the producers running around in the background you see the cameraman like being like oh my gosh like what what do we do (laughs) it's just like a bunch it's like uh it's like that famous john mulaney joke like the rats and ratatouille are just like running around the kitchen it's like it's like and going all off in different directions you know like like that's what's going on in this moment here and and it's honestly like i like 
I was thinking about this, like, what a great move by Hunter. Like, if Hunter planned this, if Hunter, if Hunter, like, premeditated this, what a baller move. Because Alexis will never, will never be angry, should never be angry at Hunter again. Like, if Alexis starts being angry, being like, you know, you know, you should do dishes more. Uh, Hunter could be like, yeah, but, like, I proposed to you on the ultimatum, like, way before we had to do the selection choice. You didn't have to live with Colby for three weeks. So, can you really be that mad at me? (laughs) This would be, this is, like, top tier top tier husband material <laughs> to me like this was this was a great move by hunter and this move sparks like even more insanity so colby is up next after this whole this whole thing blows up and colby ends up picking lauren now lauren now when colby is picking lauren uh nate is looking at madeline and madeline already made her choice right we already know that madeline's going to choose randall you know we it's been pre-established i we know how show editing works we know but nate's looking at madeline and he's like i'm gonna pick you like, he whispers that to her and it even shows it even shows just the further buried date it even shows subtitles showing that nate actually said i'm gonna pick you you know like that's what he says to her and then colby picks lauren and then all of a sudden nate's like you know what I don't really trust Colby's intentions. I'm going to I'm I'm going to have to make a move. And so then Nate goes over to Lauren, proposes to Lauren, and he's like, "Lauren, look, you're the only person I want to come out here with." And Lauren's like, and he's like, "Do you want to marry me?" And Lauren's like, "Absolutely." <laughs> and she's like, "What?" <laughs> it was honestly, it was honestly the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire reality TV life. Like there's nothing there's nothing worse I've ever seen than the choice in the ultimatum in reality TV television, because clearly, like, there's a lot of issues with Nate and Lauren's relationship at this point. Like, they have not resolved their big problem, which is that Lauren does not want to have kids. They haven't really talked about it on the show because they haven't been able to because they're dating other people. And all of a sudden, and what's really crazy is that, like, literally everybody calls them out on this. Like, everybody calls out Nate. Madeline's, Madeline calls out the fact that Nate was like, hey, like, I'm going to pick you right before choosing this. Like, this this whole, like, proposal's crap. Uh, April calls out Nate being like, look, we're all here for to do this experiment, and I, I might hate it, but we're going to do it, and you're just going to totally sideline it, like, as, as opposed to Hunter, who, like, felt genuine, like, and she starts crying and really calling out Nate. And honestly, this is the big queen moment for April. Like, what she says here, is really good i can't i can't even bulk up the emotions to say it correctly but april here is so awesome and the way that she talks about her feelings and the way that she is able to communicate that look like look this sucks and i hate it but like this is going to help my relationship with jake grow i feel so like just buckle up and just do it and then also uh nick and vanessa lachey kind of call it out which is very fun it's always fun when the hosts call it out and it's just it's just this huge huge mess and I will say this though it's again it's interesting like you hear Lauren talk to Colby and being like and Colby being upset about it being like well are you really going to do this it's like yeah I've known Nate for like three years I've only met you like two weeks ago and again like that's that's something that I can't that we have to kind of give Lauren a little bit of benefit of the doubt on and then by the end of the season they do say that they are going to have like one kid together and that maybe we shouldn't judge their relationship too hard uh, I, I do want to preface it like, you know, like even though these rela- there are some relationships that work out that I'm like not super for, uh, I'm not going to like ra- roast them on Twitter or anything like that. I just kind of want to discuss this because I think it is interesting to talk about like these weird and interesting long term relationships and kind of my thoughts about him <laughs> being a guy whose longest relationship lasted about a year and uh, my thoughts on it. So anyway, so Nate and Lauren, they end up leaving. There's even security co- uh, camera footage of their hotel room, like arguing about about what just happened, <laughs> which is super weird. Like the show really does like do a hardcore job uh, burying Nate. Even Shanique, uh, Shanique uh, talks about like why she didn't choose Nate. And part of the reason was because Nate wouldn't stop looking at her boobs <laughs> during their conversation. <laughs> It's just like, my gosh, this show hates Nate. Like, it really does. Like, I think that what this show is trying to accomplish, like, legitimately, is that the show, like, we've seen this happen before on other reality shows like Survivor, uh, specifically in Survivor Season 7 with Austin, 
where Austin was the first ever uh, person to ever quit Survivor. And the way they treat the show tre- treated Austin in the edit was just so abysmal. And they made him look like such a dork and a tool that you that you kind of see that they're doing the same exact thing with Nate because the show never wants something like this to happen again. Like the moment with Hunter was nice and sweet and it was something that the show was not expecting. The moment with Nate was something that the show absolutely hated and they wanted you to know that they hated it and that if you if you get cast on the show, you are going through their process, damn it. <laughs> You're not going to come in and uh, go past the producers. So we get through the first couple of weeks and there's only a couple of things I want to talk about in this section here. I think that the biggest thing is that the show really clearly doesn't have any rules <laughs> in terms of like what goes on. Uh, so they live with the couples for the next couple of weeks. You know, we see Ray and Jake. They just get along great. Every every date they have is great. They go on a date with like Ray's dad. You know, it's great. There's like one awkward date moment with... Uh, with Jake's mom, where it, feel, it feels like Jake's mom is very pro-April and is willing to fight to the death for April uh, and doesn't know who this Ray person is and why Jake feels that he, she, she needs a Ray when she already had when he already has an April, you know, but, but uh, it's just like it's just bizarre. That's like the only bizarre thing that happens in a relationship. Overall, it's just pretty good and pretty, pretty clean. Uh uh, Shanique's relationship with Zay is pretty interesting. Like they end up, they end up do, they end up do performing a sexual act, and the act is you know like hidden under the covers a little bit. But that act happens after uh, Shanique and Randall have like this massive fight, like this big fight about how Shanique really doesn't listen to Randall and how Randall feels like he can't really get a word across, and how Shanique, how he feels like Shanique isn't quite ready for marriage if they're not able if they're not able to uh, communicate. And honestly, I, I kind of agree with Randall. There's like not great moments from Randall in this, this obviously as well. And there's things I forget about the fight. Uh, but after kind of reviewing the season like twice, that's kind of my takeaway on it. I could be completely wrong though. I don't know. But anyway, uh, and it does feel like the reason why Shanique does end up committing like a sexual act with Zay is because more out of spite than actually liking Zay. And they are, do have a couple of makeout sessions and that's pretty much it. And then... Let's go ahead. Moving along to Colby and April, the show completely forgets about them. Uh, Colby and April are kind of like the default couple. You know, like they both wanted to choose different people. And then they were the only couple that were left behind, which is very fun. And their friendship energy is so clear. Like there's like they have like like from the get go, you just get the sense that the two of them will get along very well. But they definitely aren't like romantic in any way. And so watching the so like the show really does just completely ignore them. Like they have like one makeout sesh at the end and you find out that Colby's like doing things that he probably shouldn't be doing. Uh, which again goes into the rules, right? Because like that's another thing is that like Shanique and Randall like they have this big fight where they meet outside of the show, and it's just like what? Like they can just meet up with each other, <laughs> you know? Like like I thought the whole point was that they had to live with this other person for three weeks, and you're telling me like you can you can set up a meeting with your ex and go out on dinner and have a massive fight. And I guess I think the show has only one rule, and that's drama above anything else, right? <laughs> that's the rule of the show, and and there's like many moments where you're just like you're i'm flabbergasted that they actually happen they have this one moment where there's like a guy's night out and a girl's night out and a lot of things get revealed during that some of which i won't go into you'll just have to watch the show especially with like april there's things i don't really feel like talk comfortable talking about with her but there's like one moment with colby and zay where they get into an argument where apparently colby and zay went out partying one day because you can just do that on <laughs> the ultimatum off camera and apparently zay like Colby tell, tells a story where Zay convinced a girl to make out with him. And Zay doesn't really like that because it makes him seem like this manipulative person. Whereas, like, he feels that Colby was going to make out with this person anyway. First off, you can just make out with other people, like, off camera on the show, I guess. Okay, Colby. Uh, maybe not, like, the golden boy that I thought you were in the first in the first episode. And it gets worse. It gets very bad uh, throughout the show. And... And yeah, like it, 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 there's just like these moments where you're just like the girls' night out goes really crazy where Madeline talks about like making out with Randall off camera to Shanique. And it just like, it just create like these two date nights just create so much animosity towards the couples. <laughs> it's just so bizarre that like they frame it like, oh yeah, like they're just like hanging out when clearly this was like producer led. And there's like a couple other instances of this too. But it's just like, what is going on? Like this is so, 
This is so bizarre. Like, this is such a, like, like if I was hanging out, like, this would be like literally like if I was dating a girl and then like I started hanging out with her ex-boyfriends and like we were all just like sitting in a room and then like, and then, or, or like I was hanging out with her ex-boyfriend and then like another guy comes up and then that's, that guy is like the ex of me. Like I'm, I'm my new girlfriend's ex. Like it just becomes this weird triangle of like animosity. And in some ways it was kind of weird and cute. Like I thought that the cutest interaction was between uh, Jake and Zay and the two of them like seem to really respect each other (laughs) for some reason. I don't know, but ultimately it's just bizarre. And so not a lot going on with Colby and uh, April. Uh, the other couple, Randall and Madeline, not a lot going on there. Again, like the only thing that really happens is that the you know, Madeline very much so wants to like bang the crap out of Randall, but I think Randall, to his credit, really doesn't want to do Shanique dirty like that. He respects her a lot, and you could tell that he like very is very conservative about what he does on camera with Madeline. The fact that they only made out like one time off camera. So good on Randall. I feel like that he doesn't like let, let, uh, let things get out of control with uh, the Madeline thing and good on Madeline for not like forcing herself on, on to, on to Randall as well. Like I should get some credit, like granted Madeline does like some other things that I'm like, Oh, you know, you don't have to rub it in Shanique's face all that much though, you know, that you got to make out with Randall that one time. Uh, so that was, that was interesting. And then I already talked about, I think that was, that was it, right? Those, there's, those the four, I don't know. I might be forgetting a couple, but if I forgot them, it's because they don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. So they get back together with their old couple. And this is where the show takes a very dark turn, I feel. Like, this is where the show, like, the first parts of the show are very fun and light. But this is where, like, the real drama hits. And this is where I felt, like, the most uncomfortable watching it. Because watching these people have fights about these deep deep and personal issues just feels a little bit exploitative like it, it really does and this is where i feel like the show i don't know like this is where i feel like there is a morality or it's like do i really want to watch this or like do i really want to support something like this because you know you get the big fight between zay and ray which is just so uncomfortable to watch you also get a little bit of gaslighting between or at least i feel like again like accusing somebody of gaslighting it's a big big thing but there is like this whole like thing with Colby and Madeline where again Colby like has been texting these girls off the show and he is he is saying like look you know like I'm doing what you asked me to do and Madeline's like no like you're going behind my back you're going behind the rules of the show and you're texting these random chicks and I don't like that and Colby's like you know what but like I'm doing this for you like I'm cheating and it's just like it's such crap like I'm cheating on it's like like what like you're telling you're basically telling your girlfriend you know what I'm just cheating on you because you asked me to because you wanted to experience me cheating on you and it's just like so weird and manipulative and this is where things really turn for Madeline as far as like my uh my feelings about her where it feels like yeah you know what Kobe does kind of suck he's kind he kind of does suck at times and maybe he gets better throughout the show again I don't want to like I don't want to get into involved in like weird couple drama outside the show in case anybody hears this not that they're gonna hear it you know but it is just it is very it is very weird like their whole relationship and then jake and april you know they continue to have their like big fights about like how how jake doesn't feel heard and how jake doesn't feel like he he is part of this relationship and like how he had such a great time with ray and again like one thing to point out too is that you know like despite the fact that jake and ray are clearly like the couple that had the most chemistry like they don't really do anything outside of making out you know like and like the show would have shown like if they had done more you know they did with shanique and ray and uh and zay and you know so they would have and it was it was very it was very interesting seeing seeing that that kind of side of things uh later on in the show when they discussed that but yeah, it's just like their, their whole relationship has gotten to a point where like by the end of it, you feel like they need to break up like April and Jake and April does one thing I, I should bring this up is that April's not like the perfect saint and that the sense that like April does look through Jake's phone and it is very much so I believe uh, uh very much like 
an attack on his privacy. You know, like she finds a video of Rach working on his phone, which is bad. Like, let's let's be clear on that too. Like, with Jake having that uh, that video and not deleting it is also pretty bad. But you know, I think that April, I feel I felt come came off a little bit worse in this interaction where she's like, you know what? I checked through your phone uh, and I didn't I didn't check with you. And guess what? Like, I found something and it was terrible. And it's just like, oh gosh, like once once that starts happening, you got to break up. You know, like there's not there's no really coming back from that. And by the end of the season, when they eventually do break up, you feel like I almost feel like this great sense of relief for April because like and Jake, because like it just felt like it was never going to work out. Uh, you, again, we talked about the fight with Ray and Zay and then also Randall and Shanique. It was an interesting one. Like they they still had like a lot of communication issues and they still were trying to figure out some things. And ultimately, their relationship ends with a proposal as well. But it felt like maybe that that one was more so a forced kind of thing by the producers where you felt like maybe they were just like, maybe they could have just gotten together at the end and like left together. But the producers were like, no, Randall, you got to propose. And Randall was like, okay, I guess I will. But uh, their relationship, I don't remember too many big fights outside of uh, there. Were, I mean, there's a couple, there's one fight where they had where afterwards uh, Shanique did go back to uh, Zay and had a date. And then uh, Zay, uh, this was after Zay and Ray's big fight where they ended up splitting things off. And, Shanique, I feel, came off in this conversation with Zay, actually, where she basically calls him out saying that, like, you know, Zay, like, you don't listen sometimes and that sometimes you just kind of you hide behind kind of your childhood and like kind of your bad past because Zay does have like a very troubling kind of past with his childhood. And sometimes he does kind of use that as a shield. And and uh, Shanique was calling that out. And honestly, like, I really do like Shanique as well. I think that I think that if there's anybody I'm really rooting for, like, going further in the show is Shanique and and Randall. I think that those two are actually two genuinely great people and I hope things work out with them Uh, because they end up, it turns out like in the reunion show that they end up breaking up for a bit after the show, but then end up getting back together. Uh, They're not currently engaged, but you know, maybe they will be, who knows? Like I'm kind of rooting for it because they seem like a lovely, they seem like two lovely people. Uh, Maybe they don't work out together in the future, but like they just seem like genuinely great people. But this whole conversation with Zay goes a little bit messy. And so that's like the kind of last big thing I can remember off the top of my head of what happens during that period. Uh, Because then we get to proposals uh, as discussed, April and Jake, they don't work out. Uh, Jake tells April, don't worry, though. Like, I'm not going to go running off with uh, Ray. Like, there's no reason I'm going to be doing that. And then... um, Literally moments later, like a literally like uh, if, like uh, maybe it was like an hour later, but then uh, but then Ray comes up to Jake and she's like, "Hey Jake, what's up?" And he's like, "Oh no, big deal. Hey, do you want to run away together? Like I got these two tickets to anywhere if you want." <laughs> and so and so okay, not very good move by Jake, you know, in terms of like the edit and how Jake looks in that moment. But again, Jake didn't really want to be here in the first place, and he felt like him and April could have worked it out had they not been on the show. But whatever, like you know, Jake, you do you. Um, we also see Randall and uh, and Shanique's uh, proposal. Kind of discuss that. Kind of discuss what ha- what happened there. And then the big moment happens between Madeline and Colby. And this is the couple I I thought for sure, like no chance in the world that they would end up together. And Colby proposes, and Madeline says yes, and they end up getting married that exact same day because this is the ultimatum where rules and logic don't make any sense and then and then it's revealed that Madeline is pregnant with Colby's kid I think they recently just uh, if I was reading correctly on my uh, news feed they recently just had a kid uh, their kid was just born and so they're now officially parents so that's good I guess I don't know like based on the show I don't know what to feel about them hopefully it all works out again I don't want to drag anybody too hard on the show but it it, it was a roller coaster let me tell you like there uh, there was a lot of emotions um zay ends up ending ending up single and i feel like he's the one that kind of comes off the worst on the show overall for me uh it just felt like he's very he very much hates dealing with confrontation and hates dealing with anybody questioning like his opinion and i do feel for zay a lot and i do hope that he he um does learn from this show but that's kind of my ultimate feelings. That's my ultimatum feelings on him. Uh, sorry, bad joke, but you know, like sometimes you gotta lighten things up to try to get through some tough things. 
tough conversations. And then, you know, they kind of trash uh, uh, Nate. Like, during the reunion, they kind of trash uh, Nate and Lauren one more time. Uh, they do have Alexis and Hunter on the reunion as well. Alexis uh, can't help herself but bash Colby a couple more times <laughs> because she hates Colby because he didn't he wasn't attracted to her. Um, and then that's it. That's the end of the show. That's the end of the ultimatum. So what are my overall thoughts on the ultimatum? My overall thoughts are... This is great podcasting material in terms of it is a great show to talk about with friends. Um, I on the cruise, like there is these two two ladies on the cruise that I was talking to. Uh, both of them had boyfriends. It wasn't like you know there's light flirting, but like ultimately is like good friendship. Uh, shout out to um, to Kristen and Ari if you're listening to this. Probably not though, because I didn't tell you the name of this podcast. But <laughs> anyway, anyway, we were talking about this show specifically, and that's why uh, that was another reason like why I have. This show for us in my mind and i think it's a great show to talk about with friends like it's a great show to get people introduced to well i i wouldn't even say this is a great show to introduce reality television because this show very much perpetrates like reality television is trash and you should never watch it so so i guess what are my overall thoughts like in terms of like i think this is like the trashiest reality show i've ever seen in my entire life by far like i've seen like a lot of reality tv shows i'd say the only thing comparable to this that i've seen is somebody marry harry which is a show about women being told that like a guy is prince harry and then being tricked on national television about this and that show lasted about three episodes that's the only comparable that's the only thing i think that is even more trashy than this show but this show this show really went for it and i think that what made the show great was that it didn't mess around it didn't it didn't take time to let you sit in drama like it just it was like it was like a gun it like and it, it was like a bullet that you had to keep up with like, and it just shot off and then you had to run towards it you know like towards the finish line and try to beat that bullet to the finish line that's how the show felt like there's not a segment that i felt was like incredibly boring uh upon first viewing i think upon second viewing i think there are some pacing issues especially in the second episode where you kind of get like okay like we could hurry this this like whole relationship building process along but overall like it was it was something like it was like if i could give if i am not going to give an ultimatum a score but i will say the ultimatum was certainly something Whew. anyway this is going to be probably one of my longer podcasts. Like, definitely, this is going to be one of my longer podcasts. So, so if you want to help support the show, and if you want to help support me making the show, uh, I would just say that honestly, just follow me on Twitter, send some love my way. You know, like it really does help me, help motivate me uh, to make more episodes of how it's going so far. Just knowing that people are out there listening to it. Uh, more so than anything else. If you want to support financially, we do have a Patreon. I don't really expect anybody to give that because I don't really have a plan on like giving bonus content. If you are, if you do, if you do become a patron, I will do a shout out on uh, these episodes and we'll shout out your name every episode uh, that uh, that you are a Patreon. So that would be kind of my base level of what I want to do for that. But overall, like honestly, like if you just send over support, say that you're listening to the show, say that, hey, like or if you just like send me a message on Twitter being like, hey, David, uh, when's the next episode coming out? You know, like showing that there is some anticipation on what's coming next. Then that that honestly does a world world that's way more better than any financial support that you can give honestly like because uh, honestly like one of the things i talked about with uh my trip uh with my cousin is my cousin says that he listens to the show and just talking to him about it just being like him being like yeah i like really like listening to your show has kind of motivated me to be like okay yeah i need to come back to this and i do need to like start recording again so anyway again my name is david weinstein i don't believe in love anymore and that's how it's going so far <laughs>